Hello, this is The Tribe Stories, the curated sermons, conversations, and collections of poetry of the Tribe Lagos. The Tribe Lagos is a gospel expression based in the city of Lagos, committed to reaching the next generation with the message of God's love and grace. May this refresh and revive you as you listen. Welcome to church. It's been an amazing week. Um, I, I might need that at some point. So guys, this is the Tribe Lagos, in case you're joining us for the first time. But God has been on a journey with us, a journey to reveal his heart, to remind us of who we have always been in him before the world told us who we are not. And the tragedy of the world is that many times we start out learning what we are in the world before we discover who we are in Christ. The world can articulate the full essence of who we are. The world cannot truly articulate who you are. So if we depend on the world system to find definition, meaning, you will never find that meaning or that what. All of what we're dealing with is because we've bought into the lie. Education, I can tell you for a fact, starts with matter. You know what Matt Newton said? Matter is all there is. And if you can see it in the physical, probably that's all the layer. And Albert Einstein came up at some point and said, no, there isn't matter, behind matter is energy. So it's no longer the Newtonian model of existence, where this world is all there is. But he, he elevated our understanding that there is energy. Today we fear the word energy, we fear the word vibration, we fear the word frequency because we discovered them after we read King James. So we think that they are not godly words because they, we didn't meet them in King James Version. But I can tell you those words are describing essence of things that exist that you already are. So what it means is that at every point in time we discover that thoughts power and then when they started to study matter and zero in on matter, they started to realize that matter was actually a collection of movements that beneath all in contained within matter are proteins, neutrons, and electrons, right? And those things were not static, they were motion. You just don't know that you're moving. You don't just know that the world is moving. So we live in the illusion of, stat- of being a static place when the world is actually at a flux. If you have to leave the picture to see the frame, you will understand that the world is moving. So you have to give room for the unimaginable. If you reduce your essence to all that you know, physics, chemistry, biology are still trying to process it. So all science in the house, trust me, I love science. I enjoyed it. But I've come to realize it can't give me the meaning. So when you step away from science and you enter biology, biology tells you that you're made up of cells, you're made up of tissues, but what they don't understand is that somebody neatly wove that thing, wired it, and made it very unique, that in fact, sitting next to you is, an, is a person that is like you, one with you, but separate from you, or distinct from you. Your soul prints, your fingerprints cannot be duplicated. If there are six billion people or six million people or whatever it is that has lived on this world, none of them have the same print. God is so original that he cannot duplicate it. And you must understand that you are fearfully and wonderfully made by God. Somehow culture told you that you should not like yourself. So you rather understand that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You discover that indeed only your mom could love you. That you are only beautiful, only your mother's eyes. And you carry on with that sense of saying, you have only a face that a mother can love, to believing all about you in that way, when God made you distinctly beautiful. Media comes along to tell us there are different frames of beauty, I'll give you the frame you need. And give us the frame, the frame of beauty. And whether you're watching Miss World, there was one, somebody here who went for one, he was sending us stuff, vote me, vote me. For, there was another competition, it was like Miss World for men. Like, no, sorry, um, uh, Miss, yeah, I think, it was, oh, yeah, 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 it was that. Um, 
that competition. <laughs> Let's not give them free publicity. But the brother won, actually. So he saw me the other day and said, um, Pastor Ferry, I should share a testimony. Oh, I said a testimony. Okay. We should. But the point again is this. I need you to understand a major part of your spiritual work will be tied to your ability to unlearn the things you've learned that are not serving you well. So everything about us today is not about putting new stuff in, it's about getting junk out. Too many junk has been loaded into you. And they are feeding your insecurities. They are preying on you and you're carrying on thinking that there is nothing to end. The gospel is complete. How on earth did God start with the word R-U-E? Redemption means that there's a reclamation of all that you are, there's a restoration. So you know what, last week we actually started by processing what, what's called the warfare. And we see the parallel in the Bible, the Old Testament being the shadow, and the New Testament being the very substance, unveiling what Christ has come to do. And we reminded you here that when you, when you enter the Old Testament, understand that the Bible was speaking at a level beyond the level. So many of us settled in the Old Testament as the substance, you're gonna get into trouble. The Old Testament was not given to you to reveal God's nature. It was actually more revealing man's understanding of who God is in his own context and time. So when you zero in, you begin to understand that you struggle to understand that God is good when you read the Old Testament too much. Why do you want to understand it now? You know, because the Old Testament, there is, the people who wrote the Bible, there was something they had, they were a paradigm of which they wrote from called determinism. And determinism was something that St. Augustine, they made very dominant. St. Augustine brought, they made the sovereignty of God a terror for the Christian. So what they actually tell you that there's a way God is, God's sovereignty means that God exists in and of himself. So you have to be careful because God can send you to Sambisa by his will. And that will, once you land in Sambisa, he will send you to this. But there is nothing God does that he doesn't do out of love. So if your understanding of the sovereignty of God is already tainted, if you feel that God is not good all the time, God is good sometimes, your understanding of sovereignty will put you in separation. So what you must understand, the sovereignty of God is not so much about you being thrown into danger and God abandoning you and just saying, I'm not going to heal you today. Sovereign. I don't feel like it. You know how we say it, God didn't feel like healing somebody. The point again is that when we begin to model those thinking, you get into, so your first priority as a believer is to unlearn the image of God from the culture of separation and reimagine him in the context of Christ. So the image of God that you hold that is not consistent with who Christ is, you better jettison because he's always going to stoke your flame, stoke your insecurity. Let me tell you one of them. We talk about it here very often. The Old Testament, when you meet the tribe Egypt, Egypt is not just about the people that God did not love and God drowned. So the modern mind would say, oh, how, how loving it is that a God threw Egypt into the wilderness, into the, into the Red Sea, and buried it. But that story was the interpretation you have, as well-meaning as you intended, is not what that story was given to you for. The story was given to you to really understand the journey that you are on, that the Old Testament, everything God was speaking, God was speaking in prototypes, in metaphors, in allegories, that when you unpack them, they are your story. So how does this apply? The Garden of Eden that God was speaking of is not just about a place in a time where Adam and Eve lived. He was revealing to us that there is something called the Garden of Eden that is alive in you. That even inside of you is a garden of choices. Planted in you is your tree of good and evil and tree of life. And out of that heart will flow life. So if your understanding of Garden of Eden is frozen 6,000 years ago at the outskirts of Euphrates, you know, they never find it. But it's somewhere around that area. 
So if your understanding of the Bible is framed by that thinking, you will still be stuck 6,000 years. Meanwhile, your life is trying to upgrade you into understanding that the choices you make will produce the life you live in. So we have frozen, we've separated the Bible so much that we read it from the lens of saying, okay, uh, Garden of Eden, I want to go back to Eden. Eden has taken hold of you. Eden is in you now. Now let me tell you about how you also carry through. Abraham becomes another interpretation that the allegory of Abraham is not just a man who God recruited to be the father of many nations. So what you must see in the story of Abraham, two lenses. One, when God calls you, God calls you for the nation. That God is not a God that inspires small dreams to give you a nice car, take you into one, one estate in Lekki that is high-rise building so nobody can cross over and threaten you at night. So it wasn't about your self-preservation or keeping your comfort zone. God wasn't so interested in your comfort zone. God wanted to make a nation out of you. So we see that the understanding of the kingdom enlarges our understanding, not to just always think of small dream, that all that God has imputed into us, compassion, love, is an expression of himself into the world. So Abraham becomes our journey. God called him out of the halls of the Chaldean and started to pull him away from that place into, what, into, the, into the land that God was making him. You and I are on the same journey. God has called you out of the things you thought you knew about yourself and God is making you into that very person. So it's, Abraham becomes a symbol of our inward journey. The journey of beginning from Abraham into Abraham, the union that you now have with God. Because when Abraham entered Ham, it meant that Elohim and Yahweh have become one with him. So he started from a culture of separation and God separated him from the things that once defined him, only for him to discover that he was defined by God and cannot be separate from God. Now, talk Moses. Moses was actually a prototype of the same thing. Egypt, a prototype. Egypt was not just about a people. Egypt now symbolizes a system of oppression. Egypt is a paradigm. It's a worldview. It's a worldview that tells you you have to work twice as hard. And then you have to work twice as hard. It's a worldview of oppression, of slavery, of addiction. So what is Egypt in our context? The porn that can't let you go. The masturbation that can't take a break. The things that you love, the drug that you do and nobody knows. The syringes that you can't do without. And the problem with the drug is that you need every high to get it there. You know, try one. By tomorrow, the team will tell you that where you stop is not going to be it. You know, we now start to build it, build it, build it. But the point again is because people were interpreting this in the context of separation, they became more plagued by, now they are struggling from the purity culture. That is not about discovering that you're pure, not by the things you do or not do, but by the declaration of the one who is pure, say you are, and has come in to dwell in you and share his life with you. So purity is not an accomplishment. Purity is actually God's nature sharing with you. So purity, those virgins that are putting it out there, I'm still virgin at 27. We applaud you. But if not, we applaud you, and it's commendable, because sex has become recreation, and it wasn't meant to be. Right? Play around stuff. So for those people who have actually done that, but it should never be your basis for salvation though. Then those who are not even making any efforts, all road is open. You now actually think that um, you are equally in the wrong. Just the way the two sons of the prodigal man, the prodigal father, one had to be saved from his morality and the other one needed to be saved from his morality. But they both need saving. One was being saved from his good works. Father, have I not been your son? Have I ever de- betrayed you or left you? I kept all the laws. I kept all the rules. And he says, no, son, you are lost in your morality as your brother is in his immorality. That one was trying to earn every affection everywhere he went. And God was like, brother, you are still going to search it because no one can give you that which you seek if you don't discover it within the one that has come to live in you. Father, source, the giver of life, breath. So God, he pulled us out. So we started this interesting parallel of trying to understand 
that the journey of a Christian today is not that you have a sin problem. The Christians don't have a sin problem. They have a thinking problem. An average Christian, wherever you are, you are not dealing with sin. It's a don't deal. You are dealing with your thought process. That thought process is actually where the battle is. So you may have a wisdom problem, but you don't have a sin problem. Yet you will just realize that that which is not you is still you. You're not supposed to be doing that stuff, but you're kicking back. You're doing all those stuff because your mind has not been renewed into the realities of what it is. So Paul urged us. He wrote that letter 2,000 years ago. That letter is still as urgent for Ressa, for Helen, for every one of us, for all of us as it is for, for back then, that the letter was renew your mind by the word. That statement was a spiritual warfare secret. He was reducing every context of war to thought. And he's saying that if you don't deal with your thoughts, you can't claim your life. The junk of culture has laid a heavy one on us. Nigeria is a junk factory of many half-baked theories, many repackaged traditions and cultural norms serving nothing. It's a stereotype reinforcement factory. Everyone is looking you through the prism of stereotype. This is how to be who you are. Everyone is processing you through culture. 30 are not married, see a prophet. <laughs> Let's deal with this once and for all. Two sisters in their 30s not married, somebody did something. And your mom will always have those friends that will tell them, I know where you can get help. Prophet one, prophet two. Say, I don't think that prophet is, there is a higher prophet. Because we don't understand that we are the very life of God. No one is, more, no one is powerful enough to change your realities but you. Don't outsource that role to a prophet. He will earn from you. And we need that money to pay our new space. <laughs> so guys, let's not, let's not, let's, let's, let's spoil their market this morning. Let's spoil their market this morning. So what we started to actually even see from that Old Testament was something was playing out. They had come out of slavery. But do you know what was happening? Moses suffered. Any journey you're walking with a renewed mind, get ready. And the Lord supplies strength. No, a non-renewed mind is a danger to the regenerated human spirit. He, at every point in time, he would desire his known Egypt. They love chains more than they love freedom. Because every journey to freedom was a threat. Get comfortable in the uncomfortable. Because your journey to freedom is not always going to be palatable. Sometimes it's the dark night of the soul. The crisis around you, everything is shaping and falling apart. Don't say, oh, I feel abandoned. No, God is all that is a force so that all that is true will be revealed. But put a pause on that. Let's go back in time. Now we find here a journey. Moses just took a vacay. Moses went on a vacay. 40 days. Before Baba will return, the, the church had changed. You. There, there were things being played out there that he didn't recognize. First of all, when he returned, they had created God. But do you know the funny part? They did not create God in God's image. They created God in the image of Pharaoh. So Egypt, the, 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 the calf, the golden calf was actually an Egyptian model of God. So what was playing out there is that God even saw first hand, Egypt is still alive. That these are Egyptians on a journey. So, no, the Egyptians, on the, but they, they had it, the inside was an Egyptian, then they now were is Israel. So God was like, oh no, no, this, I have to wait it out. God said, I had to wait it out. Now, let me show you a scripture. Interesting scripture, Deuteronomy, right? Now, this journey has started. And why some of us, I'm going to tie it to why some of us are still pretty much just grappling with some things. This is um, Deuteronomy um, 1, 
Let me see. Amp. Amp will give us that. Mm. No, I was looking for the part where he said that they had to, um, they had to, 11 days became 40. So it's either in one or two. Let me just quickly check that. When they said the 11-day journey became 40-year journey, um, I think we should look at uh, verse one, verse two. All right. Yeah, now check what's playing out here. This is the Egyptians in Israel's king. They had begun this journey. See what it says. It is only 11 days journey from Horeb, Mount Sinai, by way of Mount Seir to Kadesh Baner on Canaan's border. Yet Israel wandered in the wilderness for 40 years before crossing the border and entering Canaan. Guys, put it, just think about it. An 11-day journey became a 40-year struggle. But you know, the interesting part of this thing, yeah? A lot of miracles were happening there, you know? These guys didn't need to buy clothes. God made a factory fitted denim for them. They were wearing labels steady, but they couldn't see the miracle. Their minds were too conditioned. Any small panoram, we have to go back to Egypt. Yeah, they told God that we need to die. You know what they told Moses? There are better graves in Egypt. But there was nothing to live for. There were better graves in Egypt, and you brought us here to this, to this wilderness to kill us. Moses, ah. Do you know, the stress even cost Moses his own life. At some point, Moses couldn't have it. Some days, Moses would beg, God, which kind of people be this? But what I need you guys to process here is, why would an 11-day journey become a 40-year crisis? And why is it somehow in Nigeria and in Africa, we've been independent for 60 years, yet we are still held back? They said our democracy is nascent democracy. I learned that word in 1999. Nascent. I think it's, guys... It should be nascent or nascent, and I'm not the team being <laughs> So, oh, John, just understand the English. But it was nascent. Where are the English people in the house? You know, but yeah, nascent democracy. But what it means is that the democracy is a child. Nascent means still fresh. 1999, we heard that word. These days, you see some, we still a, a young democracy. They can't compare us with America, Baba. 1999, Anna, how old are you? How old? You should be able to vote and drive a car. So let's not even, yeah. But we refuse to grow up. Do you know in, in 1960, Nigeria was parallel with Japan. In terms of the development, people were actually saying that Nigeria would actually perform. It was the giant of Africa indeed. When they said the giant of Africa, they were looking at Nigeria. The way we laid that giant, we've all gone to sleep. The reality is that we have never made a connection between the giants of Africa and yourself. Because the promise of a giant of the land is not about a place, it's about the people that inhabit the place. Places don't make places, people make places. The continent is nothing without the people that inhabit it. So there is a calling to Africa and there's a calling to your life because if God speaks of a continent rising, he's speaking of your awakening. If you don't make that connection, you, and it's not just about a Nigerian thing, African sleep it. African sleep it. And I've told you, look at everywhere, the most resourced continent, yet the most underdeveloped. We've been in this 11, 40-day journey. The 11 days have become 40 years. Yesterday, how many people voted? May your sins be forgiven. 
But you know, we showed up to vote now. We didn't have no candidates. You understand? We didn't know candidates. So then one of my friends was telling me that, so Baba, if we now press, because we know we we'll just go the unknown. Hey, we, these two, we know them. Look for anything that doesn't look like them. But what about if, what about if that one is an Egyptian in, an, in, a, Jew, in, in, a, in a Jew clothes? So it's not about the party. It's about the content of the people that possess the party. So we cannot demonize politics because there is nothing inherently wrong in politics. It's the players. The people who inhabit that place who put themselves into it. So don't demonize those things. But we showed up. Nobody knows the person. Nobody was campaigning. We're just pressing, 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 pressing. And when we arrived there, the whole place, the whole place looked rigged. <laughs> yes. No, it looks rigged. In fact, the, 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 the jolly, somebody had brought coke and everything. And, you know, they were, in fact, this was the only time I saw Nigeria walk. We voted in five minutes. No queue. No. Yes. And they were very hospitable. When the people are hospitable, you have to suspect. Please, do you want some tea while you're voting? Please, where do you want? Let me, please come, come. Let me show you where to press. You just know that this is an exercise in futility. But why did we not come out? We've been conditioned to believe that we can't change anything. Our votes don't count. I want to just speak very briefly before I move on. There are two types of power that we must understand. There's the power that is within, and there's the power that is given. Now, let me tell you the difference. The power that is given is that, does President Buhari have power? Yes. He has a power as a president. He's basically the president of the country. He has power. You see why we have to move? Those children have, they've exploded. <laughs> Seven and two-year-old are not the same mates. So imagine being with your brother, say, don't talk to me because we're in the same class. <laughs> You cannot be in the same class in church, in school. You're in different class in school and the same class in church. Are you talking to me like that? And when you're trying to say the other one is okay, that's on the side. So guess what? These two types of power we're talking about, we have misunderstood the context of power. Acts 1 verse 8 speaks of the fact that when the Holy Spirit come upon us, we'll be endued with power from on high. There is something about every one of us. Um, Jeffrey, can I borrow you for a second? Ugo, let me borrow you for a second. So today, one is authentic power. One is maybe governmental power. Now, for purpose of clarification, this governmental power is given to you because you have the title or you have the role or you have the office. So this power is actually end. This power is that you have to run for election to get it. Or you have to be employed as CEO to get it. Or you have to be something, something shall to get it. This power is actually the power that comes by virtue of institution, systems. But God did not waste it all. Because when God said in Romans, Genesis 1 verse 28, have dominion, subdue, replenish, God wasn't speaking this all. God was not speaking of a power that is limited. How many people can be present in Nigeria now? Now that they are doing eight years automatic. You understand? If you and I now have to queue up, because I won't queue, we'll go take. At the end of the day, in your lifetime, that's why 80, people, 80 year old are still running. One, somebody had proposed, let's reduce this into five years so that you do one and go home. People say, please, that's how you guys will enter, do five years, turn it to ten. So my point is nobody has agreed on that one. But this power is what most Nigerians have been able to understand, that there is a power that comes by being in power, in position, in authority. But Genesis 1 verse 2, Genesis 1, 2 verse 26 was not speaking of, God was saying, have dominion, subdue the earth, replenish it. God was not speaking to a few people who have titles. God was speaking to the authentic being of every man. 
So God did not wire into power into title. God wired power into Imago Dei. That everyone that has the image and likeness of God has possibilities and power. Your authentic power is the most vital part of your existence. If you don't live, and this is what Nigerians have done, they've conditioned you out of this place. So you are now, you've learned powerlessness. And because you're powerlessness, you need government to fix it. And I told you guys here, because government never work, we don't say governments, even if they work, problem goes still day. You understand? So the way Nigerians think about it, if only we have a government, you, know, you understand? If only we have a government, so everything now is if only we have a government. Well, the government, do you know the people that cried, Jonathan must go, are crying, Buhari must go? And if you dial back, they cried one time that Obasanjo must go. When Obasanjo said, here I come, tell them, the whole country broke into two. That tell them must not happen. Some people, Atiku is no longer president because of tell them. But let's leave those ones. Now, this power, which is the political power, is a power that comes by virtue of title and all that, but if you don't understand that power is inherent in you, power is something that God gave you by virtue of the image and likeness of God that you carry. When he said, be so, dom, dom, dominate, subdue the earth, replenish it, he was speaking to every one of us. God gave us power from creation, from design. You have power written in the codes of your imprints. Every code that was written into you have power in situ. There is a power code wired inside of you. But you have come to life, understanding, shutting down this man, never unlocking your power. And religion comes to help this theory. Religion now tells you that, brother, let me tell you the fact, you are, you are a dung. You are actually poor. You are, yes, that's what religion says. You are not worthy of God's affection. Let me tell you the fact, God is seeking to destroy you. In fact, there's a lake of fire prepared for you and your kind. Just be going. So for 20 years, we all got born again, escaping fire. You understand? We ran from fire. That's why we don't know intimacy. We don't know Father's love. When we are singing, ah, we love so, some people they wait and we don't know. I'm just kidding. Because this tribe and their love things. When they go into the love is the worshipful. But we've been told that love is weak. I said, I don't know. Do you want to talk love? Yes, sir. And the kid devil, so. You know, at the end of the day, you know, at the end of the day, because the way they wired you, you know. I told you how one man, they held a crusade when we were growing up in a field that was beautiful. And the, 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 the prophet told them, the devil is in the grass. They, no, they uprooted. In fact, the field was never the same. They took to the grass. Pew, 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 remove it. Deal with him. People were boxing a devil. I take you down. I take you down. You know, no. And yet the most, do you know, to shock you guys, the poorest countries are the most prayerful. Check them. Nobody pray with us. I can bet you and there is vigil every day. If not vigil, they bring us out. Nigeria for don't come out. I'm, so, I'm sure that some people did vigil yesterday. Some people are proceeding from a vigil that they returned yesterday. Some people have planned 40 days vigil. In fact, some people said we're on a 365 days. No. But it is not the vigil that powers you. It's the revelation of who you are that changes it. Any vigil that is not powered by revelation is religion. So the black man is more religious than his spiritual. In fact, we don't even understand that it's not the same thing. So we are more religious than spiritual. Our spirituality is that it's actually the biggest activity. So we become spiritual tourists. We are power day, we are power day, we are power day. Some people enter Benin, now they kidnap now, try now. And God, God has not elevated you, so you can't fly. So you have to do it by road. So you say, now this Benin, I have seen idea, then they will, you know, stay Lagos, discover the power within. Don't be following power, power delta state. Now, the, the, the rituals are multiplied. 
because everyone is desperate for power. So this authentic power is one of the mysteries of the, of the born-again man. When Christ was saying, you will have power, when he was talking about in Matthew 18, 18, or Matthew 10, 10, 18, he was talking about, see, you have all power, all authority have been given to you, that this born-again man, the words in your mouth is as powerful as the words in God's mouth. That because you're no longer separate from God, you have the power of God in you. So the, the teaching of religion that says God is separate from you, so end that first picture. Now this is the picture. This is God, this is man. So religion tells us this. Any religion that begins like this has set you up to fail. Reject it. Reject it. Any religion that puts God away from you, against you, of God, is the Antichrist. That's what it is. But hold that thought. Now this is God, this is you. This is what they say. So the way we're told that you have to find God. And in finding God, my brother, when last did you find him? Oh, Chase after him. I say, God, they run. Chase hard. Lord, I want to be the hardest chaser. God help you. So you, you chase. But the picture of God is that he can't touch death. So when you're chasing him, he's going far. My brother, don't touch me. Brother, don't touch me. His holiness. You understand? So this picture of God is outdated. Any picture of God and man that puts them separate disempowers man. And that's not gospel. Gospel is union. Christ said, I am my father, what? He didn't say two. Now, what is one? And I told you the other day that in marriage, I discovered oneness. After Lila and I got married, I'd entered this entrepreneurial site, so the first few months were rough. <laughs> Brother, the savings came faster down than the money came faster in. But one day we found ourselves, you know, at that point in time, you pray more. Because you're like, we need to orchestrate the wells of Abraham. <laughs> And we need to orchestrate wealth transfer because the wealth of the sea will be converted unto me. So all this scripture, now that year with Pakamu, <laughs> the picture, anywhere where you see, oh, hey, power to get wealth. You know. God does not bless void or vacuum. <laughs> you don't get business plan, you don't get anything. You don't, in fact, one of, one of my aunts was telling, I, I listened to, I drop on the concern between she and my mom. She was saying, mommy, do you know if I see capital now, I will have an idea. <laughs> she wanted to start business. Say, if I just see the capital now, say somebody just loved me, somebody who claimed to love me, just say, see two million, the idea will come out. That is how that money will fly. The next day, she's chewing chicken. Auntie, so we are thinking, you know, because uh, I don't know what, it's not cloth I'll do again. You know. It's like I will, uh, I will start, uh, the, I have to travel, Shatobi, need to go and check, wait, yeah, the thing my friend wants to, I have two ideas, please, when you are ready. The last time we checked, that dope, unstable man, it's, it was Ruben. That guy, his father told him clearly, Ruben, you're not going anywhere with this thing. So this picture of God and man is very, very well part of your problems. So long as God is separate from you, you are, your warfare strategies will always be, first of all, pleasing. Condemnation will come to you. You will feel like you're not worth it, but that's not the picture God gave us. Paul actually gave us a, a different picture. He said, no longer I live, but Christ lives in me. That means in the context of the born-again man, God invades your life through the help of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes to dwell with you. Therefore, because the Holy Spirit is indwelling in you, the, tri the triumph God cannot be separate. Because the Holy Spirit is there, the Father and the Son are in you. So what, if, what it means is that everything you interpret in the gospel changes. Now, in this picture, what is salvation? In the old school, old time religion, salvation is confession leading to salvation. So first of all, you have to believe the Lord Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior. 
And you have to believe in him and confess, say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Save me, Lord, and forgive my sins. I'm just a sinner, saved by grace. Amen. So now you're born again. But you wake up the next day, separation is still the, 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 the iOS or the Android. That's the running program, the OS. Separation, the OS go tell you, say, this is your born again as expired, though. You say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. I will dedicate my life to you. The next day you wake up again, only small loss. You know, that loss go flash. You say, oh, Lord Jesus. I am a sinner. Some of us even get more dramatic. We cry it. And all those Nollywood movies, they will not, you know, Nollywood movies, they will bring all those baramo. Dorime, Dorime. And they were like, whatever that is. Well, guys, this particular picture has problem. So salvation eh, is not about you finding God. But this is what God did in Christ. What God did in Christ was that God became a man. So he did not just become a man and enter our world. He became a spirit and re-entered you. So what it means is that this is not the picture. Come, come, come. This is it. This is how it is. Anyway, this is as close as you can get. But oneness, right? Now, I need you to see this picture. The picture is that all that God is, God is for you and with you. Please clap for them, sit down. So, so salvation is not about you becoming born again. It's actually more about you discovering that God has chosen you. So it is something that God accomplished in and of himself without your contribution. So the gospel is a declaration, not of God, it's what God is about to do. It's a declaration of what God has done. He's not, do, he's not this day, give your life to Christ now, Lord Jesus. Do you think it's that day Jesus died? Yeah. It's not that day he died now. The point is that it has been secured eternally for you before you get, became aware of it. So it's about you catching up with what God has done. Not God doing something new in the moment you became aware. It's that now you enter late, for good enough you've entered. So we're happy. Salvation becomes restoration, redemption, means coming back to the place of your birth. Union becomes the fact that everything that God the Father is, he has shared with you. If God is powerful, separation will tell you that if God is powerful, my brother, be, be afraid. Because God is all-knowing and all-powerful. So you have to be careful because you mess up, now you're dead. That's how you waste in hell. If you know union, power is not about God being more powerful and you being disempowered. It means that you and God have become one. Right? So what it means is that if God is powerful, God is powerful for you, in you, and through you. That means you must show up in power, in authentic power. Now, we've been told that we are victims of life. So let's dwell today. Our scripture is six, Ephesians 6 from verse 10. We're not going to borrow from there and drill. Ephesians 6 from verse 10. We do warfare a lot in Nigeria. I'm coming from a family that killed enough witches. We dealt with them every night vigil for weeks. But the thing was that as we were killing them, they were coming back. It appears that you can't go on sabbatical because the devil, you know, you can't live life. That life you live, obsessed about the devil, it's a misplaced priority. It's not so much about you. You need, you wanna? So, Marco, please give us um, Ephesians 6.10. Let's, let's, let's go there. Ephesians 
In conclusion, now, see what Paul is saying. In conclusion, see what he says. Be strong in the Lord. Draw your strength from him and be empowered through your union with him. I need you to keep an eye on the word union. What he was saying there is that knowing that God is now in you, that you don't need to... This is our imagination of trying to picture God in the sky as a white man. It's outdated though. That white man is a colonized gospel. Your father is spirit. Deconstruct the images and flow in the essence of who he is in you. So my point is that yes, we understand, don't construct an image of God. It will limit your experience of him. So we've actually bought into that construct of a white Father Christmas. Santa Claus. And that's why you're chasing after gifts. When the gifts are in you. So in conclusion, be strong in the Lord. Draw your strength from him and be empowered through your union with him. So what this means is that every one of us already have power. We are empowered. Be strong. Now, what, the, what we see in this picture is that you are already, there is a sense that you already have everything you need to do life. There is a sense that you have, you're going to wake up tomorrow, have tension at work. You're going to have tension in your health. You're going to have tension. These things will come. They're part of doing life. But how do you stay in the victory? That's what we're talking about. Christians lose it because they have a victim mindset. The victim mindset says the devil don't get you. You have to come out. So you're always looking for deliverance. So here it goes. It says, um, empower through your union with him and in the power of his boundless might. Put on the full armor of God for his precepts are like the splendid armor of a heavily armed soldier. So he gives us a metaphor of victory as an heavily armed soldier. Let's even picture that Roman soldiers. Roman soldiers are quite well, they're well put together. Now you guys might not understand. It's not this type of uniform. That year, you have to have it to shield those, kiniko, kiniko. everything is strong. But he gives us this picture that there, the, the, the spiritual lens, the spiritual dimension of every believer is to see yourself as a warrior. So he was giving us a soldier as a spiritual image that we must see ourselves. So we're not coming to life a victim. We're coming to life warriors. What I need you to understand, if you begin your battle from the place of victimhood, you will lose it already. We don't come to... The spiritual battle is not about fighting for victory. It's exerting a victory that has been given to you. And the battle is not physical, it's mental. The battle is mental. So when we talk of battle, it's not about you take planning that tonight you go, kill your, you go kill the old woman in your village. It's not about the old woman. It's that the devil is only as powerful as the thoughts in your head. And the promises of God are only as effective as the belief in your heart. So everything reduces and rises and falls on the belief that you have concerning the word. The devil uses your power against you by planting lies in your head. And God uses your power for you by unleashing you in the truth of who you are. You choose. It's a factor of choice. So what we see here is the victimhood of life is what they taught us. They taught us separation. So at the end of the day, God, you, you have to end power. No, you're not coming to life seeking power. You already have that. And what we saw that the, the promised land was very interesting. There was milk and honey. But those men spent eight years to 40 years. 11 days became 40 years. They never entered. Why is it that we talk about all of the scriptures today? Give me Revelation 5 verse 12. We are always claiming promises. There is inheritance for you. There is this for you. But why are we not taking it? It is not very far off from why those men did not take the promised land, yet they were free. Because a free man is no longer free if his heart is not. If your mind remains slave to the culture of Egypt, you're not free. And let me tell you what freedom is. Freedom is not you talking freedom. You can speak freedom on your terms, but you can, you can look woke and put it up on your shirt. You can wear it on God brand and say, I am free. It's not the one you will... You can order it on Hello Felipe and say, this is the book I want to read. I am free. 
but it's not actually ordered. The point is that which has not entered you is not of you. It's not, it's not yours. So see what he says here. They never reach you. Speed, Lord. Revelations 5 verse 12. We see what Christ reclaimed for us. So this, any Christianity that does not give you this picture, Revelation 5 verse 12, is diluted. Don't take it. So what we saw in this scripture is that Christ actually restored something that Adam lost when the fall happened. And Adam fell when he turned away from God, when he believed the lie about himself. And then that's which he was, he could no longer assess. Adam started to live from outside in, rather than from inside out. Christ comes to rescript the picture for us, right? And we see in that picture that we are actually made, there were seven things that the Bible was speaking of that was restored to the body again, man. Seven things, seven things. Are we there? Jeffrey, you should, you, should give a, you, should give a, you should give a brother a hand. Okay. See what it says. And they sang in a mighty chorus, what is the lamb who was slaughtered to receive power? Say power. power. Riches. Riches. Wisdom. Wisdom. Strength. Strength. Honor. honor. Glory. Glory. And blessing. Yes. Now, what he received, he gave to you. What I need you to ask, are these seven things in operation in your life? They are not things you need to obtain. They are things you need to unleash. Power has been given, but powerlessness has been taught. So we need to unlearn powerlessness to thrive in the power that we have. So first of all, power is not something that we obtain by being powerful. So y'all are trying to gather all powerful friends and take them to Kotonou and say, guys, we, 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 power is not, power is not a social club. Guys, I don't know what you're talking about, guys. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just speaking, I'm just speaking truth to power. We're just speaking, but you know, you see some bread, I said, am I still in Lagos? Like, why having fun in the name of the Lord? My point is, power is not an event. Power is not an event. You know, power is not the, you know, the, it's not your degree. Just like, um, I told you how somebody told us once when we were looking for money, he said, the have the better. So just put Harvard on your board. When investor says, so, so who amongst you went to Harvard? Uh, so who else, who else could you go? Uh, uh, University of Osu. <laughs> Sorry, you, foot, 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 me, me. Uh, nurse, you, foot, foot. Brother, be, it's not in that one, no. You already have these things. So be proud of your unilag. Even though there are many controversies from one school that we can possibly live with. Embrace it. Be proud. Only that school supply us headlines, steady. But at the end of the day, it is not in anything you can achieve or attain. Power is given. Wisdom is given. So you're not foolish, but you know, your mom said it when you were seven. Oh, Ada, you know that you just need to be, you're not very wise. Or your elder sister said it and said, ah, or there. Those words they use, they were fabricating things in your belief system, you didn't know. So you show up now, any small decision, they say, talk, <laughs> sorry, sorry, I'm still thinking it. Because somebody has told you that you can think it for all you want. There is an their programming. So they called you that and you carried it. You understand? And you, you are not, they become a self-fulfilling prophecy. Because the things, are, I told you that African has a parenting crisis. We don't just know it yet. 95% of African parents did not parent from understanding of parenting. But can't compliment pressure of performance, competing with siblings and competing with cousins and neighbor will not come first. You're not making me proud enough. Proud yourself. 
They now want to live vicariously through you. So most of you were messed up from that age. You can't even be a team player. You show up and say, this team will share this thing, hide your work. This way, at the end of the day, you can't be a team player because they told you, you have to win for someone to lose. You know, and you, you see your dad and your mom always talking about, well, their demon face have a cooler car. Well, that's what, what it is. But at the end of the day, don't feel tripped over by those things. You have triggers. The triggers are now playing you, preying on you. Your insecurities have been built there before you, got, you became an adult. But that seven-year-old girl that was told she was an there is now a boss, now threatening others, manipulating them and abusing them. The abuse will always abuse because they never come away from that. Some of them constantly see life through the lens of abuse. The, those who are fractured will always break, break. Broken people break people. And it's honestly, you meet them. You date them. Lord, give you strength. <laughs> no. Because some of them, the strength of the trauma, eh, not generational one, no. You understand? Generational, imagine you're dating a guy in less than six months. You've lost all your friends. You've changed your hair. You're not doing gym. Um, more, more than most. And the gym is not spirit-led. Then you must ask yourself if indeed you are with the right person. If God did not precondition your acceptance, why would your boyfriend precondition his? He should love you like that. You understand? Beauty is in the eyes of the beholder. Pray for a pair of new eyes for him. Or pray him out. Or you, you guy. You now enter a relationship. You are still on iPhone 5. But you are giving somebody iPhone. Brother, love yourself. So you can love others. No, Jesus did not say love others and then love yourself. He said love others as much as you love yourself. In fact, it starts with self-love. And you know, some of the girls just these days, somebody was complaining to me that the girls in Lagos and in Nigeria now, they're not wife material because before you date them, the bills are coming now, left, right, and center. You're ordering Uber and the person is not going anywhere. You, you, they walk. But you are calling the Uber man and say, you you don't reach the gates. Oh yeah, uh, the Uber is outside now, come out. Before you become someone's PA in the name of relationship, <laughs> be sure no manipulating you. You get at the end of the day. My point is, anything that puts the disadvantage is not the gospel. The gospel comes to say you're adequate, you're enough. So relationship cannot complete you. This helmet of salvation I'm going to read now. Helmet is not something people give you. All these helmets of salvation, the tools and the weapons of your warfare are not outside of you. They are all inside of you. If there are things you probably left in the concept. You have not brought them into reality. So we're going to read them. Okay. So we go. Um, let's track further down 12 so we can start wrapping up. So it says um, from 12, say, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, contending only with physical opponents, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world's forces of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, put on the complete armor of God so that you will be able to successfully resist and stand your ground in the evil day of danger. Now, he didn't say evil days. Evil day. It's gone. So, because if you believe you are in an evil season, evil will not extend. You'll be trying to pray evil because evil, you, you don't know that nothing happens to you that doesn't happen through you. So the context of spirituality is that if you believe it, it will become. So once you begin to believe that bad things happen, I will make it, my business is dying, you're feeding the myth and the myth will become a, a reality. Yeah, guys will go, therefore put on a complete armor of God so you're able to resist and stand your any day. So 14, stand firm and hold your ground, having tightened the wide band of truth. 
um, around your waist and having put on the breast of righteousness, strapped on your feet the gospel of peace in preparation to face the enemy with firm-footed stability and the readiness produced by the good news. Please, I need the board and the marker so we can pull these things and then we'll wrap up on that. So there are basically five things he called here. In, um, if you go to the King James, I like the way the King James, let's go King uh, KJV, please. KJV Baba, we still love him. No, we do, we do, we still love it. There are some language that you, oh, the only KJV can, can pack. You make it sweet because when you call helmet of salvation, you know, all this message and tip tip it in, they would have gone glamorous on you. The cap of beauty. <laughs> no big cap we define today. Now, helmet. Now we define. <laughs> okay, wherefore, take on it. So, from 14. Um, let's see. Wherefore, take upon it. Stand therefore, having our loins about with truth. And righteousness. I'm looking from, um, and your feet shot. I'm looking for the helmet. Okay, it's here. It goes further down. So it says, capture them. Stand therefore having your lions gathered about with truth. Having on the, on the breastplate of righteousness. So let's keep one. The first it says, stand therefore having your loins girthed about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness. So the first thing we see here, the duty of the pen, write it. I need a co-pastor today. So I can get some God brand after service. <laughs> you know, no, it's important, it's important. So I think first one, we put truth, it said, stand there for having your loins about with truth. So the first weapon is that we have access to truth. Secondly, he says, um, the breastplate of righteousness. So your loins, which is your waist, tighten it, hold it with truth. Now, before there was belt, there was gird. So the way they used to wear it, they would tie it like this. And that's where they used to put the sword right? It's tight, but it's not too tight in the way that it can't, blood can't flow, but it's not too loose in the way that everything flows. What this truth is telling us here is, speaking of conviction, something that you have to, you have to guard, you have to have the conviction of who you are, that you're loved. You have to set in that understanding of your conviction. Now, if it's too tight, you're a fundamentalist. That's your problem. You will, nothing will pass. Everything, oh, this is it. Oh, this is how I see it. Don't get yourself into trouble. Fundamentalists go to war. They've killed in the name of God. In the 18th century, all that um, Martin Luther, there, they fought, killing people. They loved God, though. They just didn't understand that God loved everybody. It became a tribal war. If you're a Catholic, they can't marry you. And if you're in a family where they're still saying, RCCG does not marry Mountain of Fire, is it not the same? It's not the same. Right, but we have all this separation and division that can't let us walk in love. So we've weakened the gospel. So there is truth, there is righteousness. Put truth, gird, right? It speaks of it as the lion, to, for your lions. A righteousness, put breastplates. It says, um, your, 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 um, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. So the peace gospel for your feet says the shield of faith. So shield for faith. So put that side, faith. Yeah, faith, then, then shield on that side. Uh, peace on that, uh, yeah, peace on that side. Then, um, sh yeah, shoe, you can push you on this side. It says, um, helmet of salvation. So you put salvation on that side, helmet on this side. Put spirit, uh, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So you put the word of God, you put um, sword on this side. Yeah, word, word of God. You put, you, know, you put um, sword on that side. 
So this is the picture. Are we missing anyone? Very you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and praying always and supplication in spirit and watching their own too with the perseverance and supplication. Okay, let's just unpack this as we wrap up, right? Um, so this is what it is. Nidu, thanks. Please, come for Nidu. So guys, these things you already have, but if they are concepts in your head and not truth in your heart, you will never walk in your victory. The victory is not yours to earn, it's yours to execute. So truth becomes what God says concerning you. Jesus described himself, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So truth is not a preposition. It's not something we debate, legislate, or vote. Truth is what God declares concerning you, not what you declare concerning God. So truth is actually that God has seen you in a particular way. Now, you may not see yourself like that. Now, God actually said you're wonderfully and fearfully made, right? But some of you know now. You've been a long time coming. You don't see yourself as wonderfully and fearfully made. But the truth of God's word is say you're wonderfully and fearfully made. Now, what's the truth of God's word? That Christ has made unto you sanctification. He's made unto you wisdom. Now, if you don't know that Christ has made unto you wisdom, you have to know that all Christ is, is you. All Christ accomplished is for you. There is no more separation between you and Christ. As he is in this world, so are you. So truth becomes that. And truth is not a preposition. So it's not about information. Your doctor can give you a report, but what has God said concerning your healing? He's saying healing is thy children's breath, and healing is ours to take. So when the truth will conflict a lot, but you must stay in your conviction as you, lie, as you move on with life. Things will not be falling around. Stay in truth. Let truth guide you. Let it hold you. Stay rooted in what God says you are. Whatever culture has called you, unlearn. But learn in Christ who you are. Everything Christ has claimed for you, take it. Now let's talk about righteousness, the breastplate of righteousness. Righteousness, it is actually the vulnerable part of you. It covers your, your, your chest or your heart. But righteousness is God's declaration that you stand where he stands and that you're one with him and that you, you, as though you've never sinned. So your righteousness comes to you as a gift that you have a right standing with God. It's a perspective you must hold of yourself that the many abortions have no claim on you. The drug past have no claim on you. The sexual orgies of the past have no claim on you. So long as you're not doing them again, no. Yeah, there has to be a journey now. So at the end of the day, righteousness is a declaration that God has made you pure. You stand on, regardless of your experiences of the past, you're made righteous in Christ. It's not something we earn. So this is the gospel. You are righteous. Say, I'm righteous. So all that you are is already, God keeps no record of wrong. He doesn't have the record. That thing they told you that he's going to play your past as you reach heaven. You understand? Just say, bring that, bring that video, bring that file. Job press, do remain, do remain, and then suddenly <laughs> your life, your life. He, 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 so I, I saw a post, they said that moment, I saw the man do it like they said that moment when God wants to play your video. Yeah. My brother, the Bible says he keeps no record of wrongs. So that file has been deleted in Christ. Your blood washed. What it means is that Christ, all he suffered, so you won't suffer. That his blood means that he has taken away the lies. He washed your heart, not God's heart. God's heart needed no washing. The heart was always love. It was your heart that... So when you say blood was shed for me, it was shed so that when the devil comes to tell you you're condemned, you say, no, now they took out condemnation. Now I can't be condemned now. It's not that God was changing his mind. You were changing your mind. You were seeing the way he always saw you. Now we talk about faith, the shield. The shield of faith, you have to understand that at the end of the day, shield protects. But you know what Paul says? He said, the faith I have is the faith of the Son of God. No longer I live what Christ lives me. So there's no faith God, the faith Christ has, the relationship within the Trinity, the faith the Son has in the Father, I have inherited it. So the faith I'm having, I'm operating with, is not that I believe it all the time. 
is that he believes me all the time. And it doesn't begin with my belief in him. He believes with his belief in me that I'm his. So what I need to do is to move myself from every broken place to see myself in the light of how he sees me. So don't, some people don't edit the world. They move the world into where they are. Only then will say, well, the world where I am right now is that I, I don't, I, no, 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 my brother, move yourself. Oh. Adjust yourself to the world, not the world to you. So you can't be saying, even if we're saying that, you know, if you're believing God for healing, you can't be saying, well, at the end of the day, God is sovereign. He may choose not to heal me, right? I know it's so, it's so okay for the modern mind to believe that God has a choice. He has just chosen not to heal me, but that's not what we do. The Bible says, stand firm. Morning, I'm healed. There is no sickness. Afternoon, I'm healed. There is no sickness. I don't know how long it would take. I pray it doesn't take any longer than you say it. But you don't stop saying it. So the moment you now move, like, well, the therapy is saying that um, I should know. We are not against therapy. But the therapy should never replace that you stand. In fact, you should use it as part of the, the things you need to say, yes, I'm standing. Speak it into the medicine. My point is never move your faith to become part of what your struggle. Don't say this is where I am. The reality is that you're not feelings. You are, your feelings are barometers. So you cannot say this is how I feel. You know, recently I was telling you guys of one man that is filing now. He wants to be 16. And the man is 70 something. He's, the guy said he feels young. So he's now filing to reduce his age so that he can have some benefits. He wants to start his life afresh, even as on his way out. But my point is, so some people took him to court. That, sir, you, you are old enough. You can't change your age. The man said, I feel young. So when feeling becomes the barometer for truth, we will always stumble because feelings will change. Feelings are not the basis for truth. They are powerful signals. We also don't undermine feelings, but we must understand that we rein them in and we interpret them through the lens of truth. Our feelings can lead. We lead them. Now, peace. The point is that at every point in time, wherever you show up, understand this. Your, your is extending the reign and the territories of God's love. So you cannot be in a place where you are constantly under tension. You are the source of the gossip. You are the source of the tension. Since you entered that friends, everybody has scattered. Only you scatter company. You understand? You understand? You, nobody loves themselves anymore. That's not gospel of peace. So remind yourself, convert, convert every gossip to prayer points. Say, this that sister. Bless you, Lord. And become, because some prayer warriors, we don't discover the call, you end up as gossips. Because they are picking signals. They should be dealing with it in the place of prayer. Give them prayer partner. Salvation. Now, helmet is things you wear. But what he's actually saying is that the way you think about yourself must be through the lens that you are saved, reclaimed, restored, healed. Not condemned, guilty, cast aside. No, you're saved, restored, redeemed, healed. So salvation becomes the lens through which you see life. It becomes your thinking cap. You cannot be unsaved. So you cannot be unsaved. Every day you wake up, that helmet is there with you. Let it drill from concept into your heart. That you come to life knowing that God loves you eternally, forever, secured in his love. You cannot end what he has given you. A son, fully blood washed, cleansed, beloved, wrapped in his arms, cuddled every day, fed well in his love. You know what he says? That even if your father can give good gifts, how much more your, your father in heaven? God is a giver of good gifts. How come in Christ we don't see us? How come in Christ we see God reaching out to give us his heart? We see God suffering in our place. We see God redeeming us because that is who he is at his core. Word of God. You have to understand the word of God cannot be undermined. In the Podcasts can't always replace it. They are useful tools, but they are at best vitamins. What you need is the food, the one you eat, diet. Like let it be something, cultivate this habit of really, really studying. 
Because it makes it, there are things you will discover that will be strengthened. Go back and study. And if you're saying, I don't understand the Bible, and I read God, open your mind today so you will understand it. Look for a translation that works for you. Many people don't understand King James. That's why God us to where we are. So you can't be struggling to understand King James. Enter more than once. Amp day, NLT day, message day. That's what I'm saying. We should not be fighting um, scriptures. Because every time reflect the culture, good enough, God has given some people burden to carry the translation into the modern language. You cannot have any excuse not to it. And if you have a study problem, you're going to basically always be hit right, left, center with any idea. Somebody will come and tell you, uh, this grace, what are they doing? Eh? You people are entering trouble. Oh. It should be you guys are doing grace, grace, grace. You will now not know that grace, you have to earn something. No, grace is not like that. It's like that. It's like that. Point again is that if you know the grace of Christ, eh, it's as hyper as hyper can get. The moment you start to discover that God is good, you're coming close to it. See, he didn't say God is good once and for all. He said his mercies are what? New every morning. No, God knows this. The mercies are renewed. They are like the sun. They wake up. The mercies are there. God is like a child in his eyes. He doesn't keep records of your wrong. He wakes up with the brightness of every day, shining on your face. Now, what does he talk about his love? He says, height have not, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, has not entered into the heart what God has prepared for them that he loves. He says, okay, that you see, what length, what breadth, what width, that the love of God is inexhaustible. He said, inexhaustible riches of what? His grace. So his grace is inexhaustible. How dare you think you've exhausted it? You can't exhaust it. You, it will exhaust you. You don't exhaust them. You understand? The grace doesn't have a timeline. It doesn't expire. So every gospel that reduces who God is so that you can earn more it has failed. Today, you are fully in that place he has called you. His love is for you. His grace is for you. His mercies are for you. His joy. You know what they said? They are what? Unspeakable. They are unspeakable. His joy is like what? A river. Think of a sea. Can you drink a sea? Start today and go and finish the sea. So I go finish you to the sea. Um, I wish you well. You can't finish it. You can't exhaust it. All that God is, is abundance. We need to understand that all the scarcity we've been taught about God is not him. The weapons of your warfare are not anything other than the things, the way you think about yourself, the way you see yourself. You can rise above your self-image of yourself. God attacks the image of low self-esteem, imposter syndrome, insecurity, so you can see who Christ is. Christ was born in the lowliest of places. He never went about saying, well, now Bethlehem then bomb you. Bethlehem could very well be a Jagunle. And inside that Bethlehem, there's now Nazareth. The parts where nobody get money. In fact, the way he was born, he was born in a manger, right? And God took the list to prove that nothing can disqualify you from his inclusion in your family. So I don't know. There are no illegitimate children, God. There are no illegitimate children. You are complete in your father's love. And one thing that can impact on how you see life if you see yourself as love and complete everything that God has will be yours so I want us to pray this morning but constantly picture yourself in the light of your father's love you have victory every thought of the enemy against your life is broken what thoughts are you being plagued with is it a thought that you will fail the thoughts that you don't matter the thoughts that you don't add up what thoughts are you being plagued with is it a thought of your inadequacies, your insecurities, just dialing them up over and over again? You are complete in your father's love. You are held. You can't fail. You can't have a challenge. You can't say, I'm, I don't know that I can have children. When you want it, they will come. Because your father has given you all things. You can't say, I don't know that I will get married. No, 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 no. Don't buy into that lie. If, you are, if they haven't come, they will come. You know, recently I was just remembering a group of friends we used to pray with. They're all married now. And at some point, it was a prayer point. Of, oh, and I'm thinking, live your life. He will find you when the time is right.
God is never late. He's always on time. But let your heart this morning align with him. The truth, he sees you the way he sees Christ. You're complete in him. You are enough. Salvation, there are no condemnation thoughts that can plague you. The lies of the enemy cannot hold you down. He has given you the sword of the Spirit. Right? And that prophetic word, he will secure it and bring it to pass. Every word that has been spoken to you, every dream he has stirred in your heart, he will accomplish it for you. Don't move yourself to become adjusted to all that is wrong about you. Let your life awaken to the fact that your father loves you. Your father loves you. Your father loves you. Your father loves you. And today we're speaking against every mindset limitation that has kept you down. We're also praying that concerning Nigeria, these things also exist. God has called us to embody this thing that every systemic thinking that is plaguing the nations, plaguing the continent, reducing us to a state of dependence, powerlessness, where we cannot hold on that which has taken hold of us. There is a promise of the continent that God has called you to be. That God has called you to close the, to the continent in the beauty of your creativity. God has called you to expand the storytelling, even in the land. God has called and qualified you to be all that he has called and qualified you to be. You can log on to thetribelagos.com or email us at hello at thetribelagos.com Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter on The Tribe Lagos. God bless.